may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. So, got a couple of tweets here at underscore Adam Crowley. Shove that bleeping whistle up Tom's bleep or your bleep. <laughs> Dugan tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. It's heartwarming that ESPN Pittsburgh gives jobs to the less fortunate, being that Tom is on the spectrum. <laughs> oh, that whistle? Braden tweets, I thought Tom never misses a whistle. And Andrew tweets, yo, God of War is bleeping amazing. When were we talking about God of War? I didn't talk about God of War. What us? I didn't see God of War. What is that guy talking about? No is he listening to the same show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think a couple of the people hit the nail on the head, though, with the whistle. Here's the thing. They didn't blow the whistle when they were supposed to yesterday. So we're going to make up for it during the show today. We're going to get that whistle blown as much as we possibly can because, but, you know, let's practice here. Matt Murray just got slashed in the leg. <laughs> Two minutes, goalie interference. Patrick Hornquist just slid one over the goal line. Goal, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Brian Dumoulin just got maimed. Five minutes. Tom Wilson being a repeat offender. Ridiculous. It's missionary time. Oh. Please get your serious faces on. Adam is about to do straight sports. I am happy that I had the weekend to sit down and think about the Steelers draft. Initially, I hated it. A safety that was given a fourth-round grade? Thuriously, Colbert, what are you doing? A quarterback in the third round when they've already got the best quarterback in franchise history? Seriously, Colbert, what are you doing? My gut was to say, I cannot wait to torch them on Monday. Then I thought about it. I think the draft went better than a lot of people are going to give it credit for. Terrell Edmonds might have been a reach, but I do like the player. He's big, he's physical, and without the shoulder injury, he might have been a first-round pick on everybody's board. James Washington is a S-T-U-D stud. He's got the body of a brick bleep house. He's the best deep threat in the entire draft class, and the Steelers needed to replace Martavis Bryant, and were able to do that 24 hours after they shipped him out. Anybody who's anti that pick and also was pro-trade Martavis Bryant, you're a dumbass. Bryant wasn't going to re-sign with the Steelers. They traded one more year of Bryant for four more years of James Washington. Solid. Mason Rudolph could be the next great Steelers quarterback. I hated the idea of drafting a quarterback this year. Hated it coming in. Build a team to win with Ben right now. But the more I think about it, there's no downside to having drafted him. Rudolph's going to be a cheap, skilled backup until Ben retires. He could also be a valuable trade asset a la Jimmy Garoppolo. And if he's the heir apparent and it works out, then it was a home run. I don't love the Chucks pick. I don't even know how to say his name. But you should draft O-line help every year. Stan said today on his show, which you can hear from noon until 2 on ESPN Pittsburgh, 
that this means it was a wasted pick taking Gerald Hawkins a couple of years ago. I couldn't disagree more with that. Gerald Hawkins is going to be a Steelers swing tackle this year. So is this Chucks guy. They just lost Hubbard. You need offensive linemen. Marcus Allen was a great pick in the fifth round. I've been a big fan of him for a while now. He's dime capable. He adds another body to the room. As for Jalen Samuels, that dude's going to compete for a backup spot. He's going to make this roster, I think. He's a good running back. He's versatile. And Josh Frazier, Joshua, he's likely going to push Daniel McCullers off the roster. So solid work all around. A lot of Steelers fans and media are screaming. Yeah, what about the inside linebacker? Philip Phoney from across the street is beside himself. But last year, he and the other jabronis they've got over there complained that the Steelers didn't get a tight end after Darius Green was done. I said at the time the Steelers don't need a tight end because Green really wasn't one. He was a weapon, a wide receiver. Then they drafted Juju. Juju became that weapon. It was more than a wash. Hell of a pick. And I feel the same way about the safeties this year. How many times have Yinzers called and said, move Shay's ear to safety? It was a stupid idea, but if you reverse it, I think you're on the right track. Steelers brought in Morgan Burnett, Terrell Edmonds, and Marcus Allen at the safety position. John Bostic was brought in to play linebacker. The Steelers will have a decent tandem with Williams and Bostic on the inside, they're not going to have to be on the field for every down. Edmonds or Allen are going to be in the box and dime situations. Maybe the Steelers add a safety into the mix instead of a corner in the nickel. Just because inside linebacker isn't next to any of their names doesn't mean that they won't be asked to do the same thing at times. Just like Ladarius Green wasn't a tight end, he played the same position as Juju Smith at times. He was a playmaker. These guys aren't inside linebackers but they'll have the same responsibilities. It all comes down to this. How much do you really know about football? Guys on the station across the street get caught up in the no inside linebackers taken. Guys on this side know that it's not exactly as it seems. What do you think, Steelers Nation? Did you like the draft? Did you hate it? 412-922-2874 is the number to call. And you can tweet me at underscore Adam Kraut. I realize drafting or grading, pardon me, a draft two days after it's been completed is the most sports radio thing ever, but I understand that. I tend to give Colbert and Tomlin the benefit of the doubt because they've got a damn good track record. Colbert's built two championship teams, and this one won 13 games last year and went to the AFC Championship game the year before. I'm inclined to believe in them. This roster is better today than it was at the end of last year. Bostic is better than what they were trotting out there at the end of the season at inside linebacker. Burnett, Edmonds, and Allen, and a healthy Cameron Sutton give them flexibility that they did, did not have on the back end last year. They can match up now. And the offense is in much the same shape. Replace Bryant with Washington. There's no need to act as if the sky's fall. The Steelers needed to be able to scheme around the loss of Shazier last year, and they just couldn't because they didn't have the bodies. Now, they think that they do have them. And the hope is that with Tom Bradley in the fold, Burns and Davis can take a step forward. It's about progressing, not regressing. The Steelers' arrow is pointed back up after, really, it was the Pittsburgh plunge at the end of last season. Devin joins us next on the Crowley Show. Hello, Devin. How you doing, buddy? Long time no talk. 
You know, I listen to you. I don't know that. <laughs> we should. I didn't know what happened, man. Been too long. <laughs> worried. The love, the love is still there. My man. What's up? I just want to talk about the draft a little bit, mainly the first three rounds. I think that uh, people don't look at stuff with a lot of nuance. Okay, sub packages are a big part of what we do oh, now. yeah. So getting that safety who could play your pass run is like having a versatile linebacker who's very fast. Without a what doubt. We have. So the sub, so I, that that pick is okay. You know what I mean? They train him up good. Uh, the James Washington, I didn't know who he was. Then I watched oh. the tape, and I have oh. to say, tape doesn't lie. Didn't he win the Bolitnikov? He did win the Bolitnikov. So tape doesn't lie because if you watch Juju's tape, then you saw the same thing I just saw. So when I watched the tape, I said. Home run. Yo, both both them shotties are thick, yo. I mean, I'm telling you what. They're not built like Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant's a skyscraper. These guys are like parking garages. But they can run. Yeah, 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 man. And and, and they have a little bit more versatility. His route tree could improve. Uh, In the third round, I was cool with Mason Rudolph. What is wrong with people, man? A 6'5", he was a stud at one point. You don't know what he got in the tank. I mean, come on, man. I liked it. The Steelers had a first-round grade on him. I said so much at the end of last week. I said I think it's a legitimate possibility that the Steelers take him with the 28th overall pick. They didn't. They took him in the third round, which is unbelievable value. And I appreciate the call, Devin. Don't be a stranger, pal. You won't be. 412-922-2874. The reality is that after the Steelers don't get Rashad and Evans or Van Der Esch, or any of the other linebackers in the first round, they had to alter what they were going to do. And now, I think they're going to be able to do something that they wanted to do at the end of last year. Consider this. Steelers went out, and they got the guy from Detroit, whose name escapes me. The safety. But he retired just prior to the beginning of the season. He was going to play a lot in sub-package football. He was going to be that linebacker. J.J. Wilcox was a guy that they thought could do that, but he proved to be more mobile than they thought he was. So now they go out and they get guys who can actually do what they want to do. When you lose Ryan Shazier, the way that you lose Ryan Shazier, and then you have Tyler Matikavich go down with an injury, and you have to bring in Sean Spence, you can't tinker too much. You have to keep the defense as simplistic as possible for the backups. So they did that. Now, though, they can match up. Maybe Sean Davis is the guy who plays against tight ends. Maybe he's the guy who plays against bigger wide receivers. Maybe... Morgan Burnett's the guy who plays in the box, and now you've got Terrell Edmonds playing center field. They have a lot of different options now on the back end, and these options on the back end can also funnel themselves into the middle of the field. So for people saying the Steelers didn't take an inside linebacker, no, they didn't. There's no ILB next to any of these dudes. But I think that they solved the same problem. Preheat to 420 says, hey, Adam, had to turn your show off because that effing whistle sound is hashtag overkill. Daryl Thomas tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Colbert and Tomlin get paid to make these decisions, not the fans. What What is one first-round bust in the Colbert, Colbert era besides Jarvis Jones? I'll take that. He's the only one. Ziggy Hood was the 32nd pick, and he's still in the league. He didn't fit what they were trying to do. They thought that he might be able to. That doesn't make him a bust. He's playing somewhere else. Mike Adams, a second-round pick, you could say was a bust. They thought he might be the right tackle of the future. They thought maybe he's the left tackle of the future. 
But guess what? They got Kelvin Beecham in the seventh round, and that guy got a contract in Jacksonville and was a solid left tackle in this league for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you tell me that first-round picks bust at times or they've had guys not work out, okay, but I think they've made up for it in other regards. But most of the first-round picks Kevin Colbert's made have been great. Bud Dupree, jury's still out on him. Jury's still out. Jarvis Jones, not good. But any team in that spot would have taken him. He was in the top 15 on a lot of people's boards. I trust Colbert. I trust Tom. I trust the way that they build a football team, and that's why I'm not going to kill him today. You know what I do love? As a dub V dude. Mmm. Mmm. All these dudes tore Pitt up. I mean, all these dudes. All of them. Terrell Edmonds, two years ago, before he busted up his shoulder, he didn't play in the game this year. He led his team with 10 tackles against Pitt. James Washington, wide receiver, Oklahoma State, had 14 catches for 420 yards and two touchdowns in the two games against Pitt. Let's just repeat that for effect here. 14 catches for 420 yards and two touchdowns in two games. Rudolph, in two games against Pitt, threw for 1,037 yards with seven touchdowns and one interception. Good Lord. That's 1,000 yards in two games. Oh my God! I don't. Even, I was at both of the. Or I was at the game last year, and I watched the Oklahoma State game. I don't even remember doing that well. That's, that's video game numbers, dude. They were up forty nine nothing at halftime this year. What do you mean you don't remember them doing that well? Yeah, you're right. I thought they were going to break a hundred. You blocked it out though. Yeah, not like they didn't smack West Virginia around a little bit the last two years either, but not quite like that. Marcus Allen had twelve tackles and a tackle for loss against the Panthers in Happy Valley this year, and Jalen Samuels. He racked up 88 yards, so that's not a lot. But it was on 10 touches, and he had two touchdowns. The whole damn draft class ate Pitt up. Are we sure these players are good or that Pitt is just that bad? I'm sure James Washington's good. I'm sure Mason Rudolph's good because they did it against everyone. The rest, though, jury's out. But like I said, I trust Tom and Colbert. I think the whistle blew up on us, boys. We should probably cut it out. Really bothering people. Pissing them off. When has that ever stopped us before? Just makes me want to do it more. I think we should probably cut it out. Please stop. Enough with the whistle! Matt Williamson next. Talk a draft. ESP at Pittsburgh. <laughs> Terrible draft, according to fans. Let's see what Matt Williamson has to say. Matt, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Absolutely. How are you? I'm good, man. You tired enough yet? A little bit. You know, I, I, I honestly have like a every year I kind of get like a hangover effect after the draft because I like don't quite know what to do with myself, and you know, I, I was on the air for. Every hour of the draft, minus three, and it wears you out. You wouldn't think it does, but especially that long six round. I was kind of not sure what to do with myself. And apparently Lolly just quit on you. I don't know what happened there. He just there. walked out. That's weird. That guy's a locker room cancer. Hanging. Locker room cancer, that Dale Lolly. <laughs> so what do you think, just broad strokes of what the Steelers did in the draft, and then we'll obviously break things down more on a pick-by-pick basis. Yeah, I do like it. Um, I, I, I think this is a very solid organization with a plan. 
I think day three was maybe my favorite, and I actually think I I was questionable on day one, the first rounder, and the more I learned about Edmonds, the more I liked it. You know, when Kevin explained that this guy played with a, a really bad shoulder for the whole season, then I said, ah, now this makes some sense. Second day I liked quite a bit, but I think is controversial, I'm sure, and then I thought they found some good players on the third day. I was all set to be anti-Steelers taking a quarterback, all Steeler, all anti-Steelers taking a running back, if that was the route that they decided to go. Uh, they did take a running back later on. I was fine with that. And it turns out I'm more than fine with Mason Rudolph coming in as well. They had a first-round grade on him. They get him in the third round, and they had an extra pick in the third round. So it's not as if they used their only third-round pick to address the future. They used one of the two to address the future. Yes. However, I think that extra third-round pick came at the price of creating a new need at wide receiver, too. You know, so going into the draft, you didn't have a receiver as a high priority. When you make that pick, now you created a need, too. And they addressed it the pick before. But, yes, all in all, I'm on board with the Rudolph pick. And I said this going into the draft, that this is not the year – to get the quarterback. You know, I mean, ideally that would be next year's job if you could write this up perfectly. Of course, it doesn't work that way. And the only two that I would look at here, assuming that the four that were off the board were off the board, were Lamar Jackson and Rudolph. Like, I don't need a T. Martin, Omar Jacobs, John right. Dobbs, fourth, fifth rounder. I mean, to me, that's totally useless. But if you get a guy that I just mentioned, those two – now you're talking about a potential future starter, and now you can't pass those guys up. No, you can't, and that's why I'm 100% on board with it now at this point. And we had talked about it in our draft coverage that there's really no downside here either other than that you didn't draft somebody that could have helped the team this year. Uh, the, there is no downside because he can be your backup if Ben Roethlisberger sticks around for a while. You could flip him like we've seen happen with some other players, uh, most notably uh, last year with Tom Brady's backup, Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I don't really see where there's a big downside here. Not the big picture, except for, like you said, and I'm sure a lot of fans out there are going, well, they should have taken a linebacker there and won the Super Bowl, and that's the reason they won't. You know, But I look at Rudolph's career as – Honestly, worst-case scenario, he's going to be Landry Jones. Right. And that's – I mean, I know people don't want to hear that. Oh, that's terrible. Everyone hates Landry around here. It, it, a third-round pick is worth a Landry Jones career in this league. And a year from now, Jones is going to make big money you know, somewhere. I mean, not gigantic money, but he might make Mike Glennon money somewhere. Then you need to replace that guy. So, at a minimum, if worst-case scenario is he mimics Landry Jones's career, it's still a win. And to me, best-case scenario, he's a starter here for 10 years. All right, how about this? Let's, let's put a little tinfoil hat on. I've got my theory. If Ben Roethlisberger, knock on wood, obviously, send your prayers up. If he tears his ACL, I think that Rudolph is your starter. If he goes down for a no. game or two, I think it's Landry Jones. You think I'm wrong? I mean, if the season's shot, Rudolph's your starter. I just think he's going to have an adjustment period coming from the Big 12. This roster is still good enough. The AFC North is still bad enough that if you t- if Ben got hurt week one, I still like their chances to win the division with Landry. But not with Mason. Uh, I mean, I don't know why you'd even try. It's more of an unknown, I suppose. Yes, yes. I mean, it'd be different if, 
you know, the season shot. It doesn't go as planned. Ben does get hurt. Landry takes over, and you're four and seven, and then you want to put the young guy in. That would make sense. You know what I mean? And Josh Dobbs is getting put out to pasture, correct? Yeah, I would imagine. And it doesn't mean that was a wasted draft pick because they didn't know at the time. You know, and that's not his fault. But I think what what wouldn't shock me is if he had a mysterious hangnail about week three of the preseason. Great point. Spent the year on injured reserve. Rudolph has a really nice year. You go into next year with Ben making big money and two youngsters making very little, and then you have some more cap space as Jones plays somewhere else. Like that idea a lot. Matt Williamson yeah, joining us here. Steps in a hole, or one of us pushes him down the hill, or something. Exactly. I like that idea great much. I'll do it. I'll I'll take the bullet there. I think right. I think Steelers Nation will forgive me for it. Uh, Matt, of course. Uh, from WilliamsonFootball.com. He, of course, on the Steelers Radio Network team and Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, Matt, apart from the Rudolph, his teammate at Oklahoma State is just a stud, I think. He's built like a running back. He's a really good wide receiver. I think, and this is this is maybe stretching it a little bit, I think he can be similar to the production Martavis brought last year. Now, I think it's a stretch to say he could do what Martavis did early in his career, scoring 17 touchdowns in 32 games, but I think he can bring some of what he brought to the table in last season. Yeah, I, I do too. I think Dale and I actually did a show for SNR today, just a draft recap, and the thing I said is I would think early career Washington will look a lot like Sammy Coates on his best day, mm. you know, where A.B.'s lined up to the left with a lot of coverage rolled his way, Washington gets one-on-one, and everyone in the stadium knows Ben's going deep to him. <laughs> you know, that I think you – but he catches it and Coates doesn't. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's how he starts his career, and you mix in some bubble screens, maybe a reverse, because he is good with the ball in his hands in a Golden Tate-like way as he develops a full route tree, and that's valuable. I mean, that's great. I like that idea very much, and uh, I think that you're right uh, with all that stuff. Matt Williamson joining us here uh, on the Crowley Show. What do you think about their wide receivers after that? I guess Eli Rogers is still a distinct possibility. Um, I'm a little worried about their depth there, though, to be sure. Yeah, I hear you. But obviously, because he is raw, you know, I mean, if he doesn't work out, maybe we'll look back. I think he will work out. I like the pick. But if he, if Washington doesn't make it in this league, we might say he played like a four-five-five guy and didn't run past people, and he wasn't quite big enough at this level to overcome it and pluck the ball over these corners' heads. You know, and if that doesn't, if it goes that path, then all of a sudden you're pretty light there. I don't think it will, but I mean that's why he fell a little. Um, I think you open the season with A.B. and Juju on the outside and Eli Rogers as your slot and your punt returner. Mm -hmm. And I think as Washington gets more and more ready, Juju goes to the slot and he becomes the outside guy. I really liked what the Steelers' offensive coordinator, Randy Feekner, said about how he's not the fastest guy. He ran a 4-5-4 at the NFL Combine, but... He says he's a 4-5 guy at the beginning of the game and at the end of the game. This guy just doesn't get tired. Yeah, I love that, too. And it hadn't dawned on me, but as many routes as they run in that pure spread, 
you really have to be in unbelievable condition. You know, that it's sprint, jog back the line of scrimmage, sprint, jog back the line of scrimmage, run 80 plays, and he rarely came off the field, that there's something to be said for that, that when everyone else is dragging late in the game, he won't be, and he's not going to run nearly as many routes, especially early in the season, that I think he'll stay potent throughout the game and throughout the season and maybe won't have the, the rookie wall that some guys have too late in the year. As for the Steelers not drafting an inside linebacker, why does it make sense that they didn't? Or what are they going to try to do now that they haven't? Yeah, I mean, I think that if Evans or Van Der Esch were there, you just take them and <laughs> ask them to be Shazier. Yes. But they weren't. So the Burnett pick, or the, you know, the Burnett signing, as well as, of course, the Edmonds pick. And then when they took Allen, I thought, now all the cards are on the table. You know, that they're going to play big safeties as linebackers. Yeah. And really the way to look at it is, and then Dale pulled up the, the, the idea of Telvin Smith with the, with the Jags. He's a linebacker, but he's 218 pounds. I mean, if him and Edmonds walked in the room, and I said, who's the linebacker? You wouldn't know. You know, I mean, he has a very athletic profile similar to Edmonds. He runs 4-4. You know, he jumps out of the gym. He's that size. That's how I think they're going to use these guys, is more traditional 4-3 will linebacker mm-hmm. run and hit Derek Brooks types. You know, but they're called safeties. And Burnett and Edmonds, and to a lesser degree Allen, because he's a fifth-round pick, he's not the first, can also play cover two for you as a deep safety as well. I mean, Burnett's done a lot of that in his career, where you wouldn't ask Shazier to do that. What do you think about the Steelers taking the offensive lineman that's a name that I'm not going to try to pronounce? Yeah, a couple thoughts on that. It was an underwhelming pick when it happened. I went, eh, you know, we wanted something else, something flashier. But you can't go two years in a row without drafting an offensive lineman in today's NFL. I mean, really the theory is you take one every year. Right. They were so set up last year that it made sense to skip it and while other teams were reaching for linemen. And he's a really raw guy, and Munchak's history really makes me think that if anyone's going to get the most out of this young man, it'll be the Steelers, and that's great. And, you know, they play quite a bit of six offensive line sets, and Gilbert has a very extensive injury history. I mean, do you trust him? So bringing somebody in fosters a free agent after the year. So you can't just keep ignoring it and hoping that he turns Finney's and Hubbard's into starters. Did you have a favorite pick that the Steelers made? Uh, we didn't mention Samuels, and I really liked that mm. pick a lot. When they said that, I went, ooh, they're going to use him a lot of different ways. And I also like the seventh rounder. I think they kind of... New, new things that others didn't. You know, that they, they you know, their new defensive line coach coached this young man last year. Yeah, he might he be McCullers, a, right? Yeah, but better. He was right. a five-star recruit that just didn't beat out the first-round pick at Bama. You know, I mean, not starting at Alabama isn't a knock on the guy, especially when you have the ultimate inside information and had to do the coach them last year. Without a doubt. Matt, really appreciate your time, man. Great stuff. Over the weekend with the draft coverage, I'm surprised you didn't quit early like Lolly did. Happy you didn't. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Hey, take care. Hey, wait, one more thing, Williamson. Go. Man, we snuck out of there with so much food. Lots of wings. Oh, my God. It was... It was when boring. day two concluded, just to paint the picture, yeah. when day two concluded when we went in the cafeteria, there was, what, a dozen 
containers with at least 100 wings of different flavors yeah. sitting down there. And Teresa Varley, God love her from Steelers.com, she's like four foot two. She walks in and she goes, where'd all the containers go? Meanwhile, you and I are hunchbacked because the food that we're carrying out was so damn heavy. It was egregious, it was offensive, and I am, I'm offended on, on their behalf, frankly. We earned it. We did earn it. Well, you did, at least. <laughs> See you, buddy. Right, brother. There he goes. Matt Williamson, Steelers Radio Network, WilliamsonFootball.com, and the Steelers Nation Radio. Coming up next, we grade draft grades. It's the Crowley Show. <laughs> I think it's Rob Rossi's birthday today. What am I supposed to give a guy who's got it all? I don't know. What do you think Malkin got him? Today? I was just thinking yeah. that, Tom. Oh, probably something real nice. Yeah, but what about Gonchar? Oh, man. They probably went in on a joint gift. Malkin and Gonchar together. You know, the Russians, they like to Oh, for it. sure. Yeah. And he's an honorary Russian because he's been to Russia. Probably a new car, something like Might that. Might have been a new car. Yeah. Rossi Mobile needs... Little uptick, eh? Does the Rossi Mobile have like a bulletproof thing on it, like the Pope Mobile? Oh, without like, a doubt. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Oh, Rossi's got a driver. It's a Rossi yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a chauffeur yeah. for sure. Like Rossi driving around town in a big old snow globe. You can't touch him, but you can at least see him. I texted Rossi this weekend when he was on TV. I said he looked very pretty. He did. I was watching him on there, mm-hmm. too. He did look very, very pretty. He looked good. He did. He's a good dresser, that Rossi. Yeah, no, he's got some style. He does. I just wear a hoodie. I'm hot, though. I don't need to dress it up. I don't need to flaunt it. You need to pair it back so you don't drive the ladies nuts. That's just it. Like, I haven't gotten a haircut in two months because it drives the ladies bonkers whenever I do. Yep. Get that tight fade. It's it's easier to get work done around here without them swooning in the hallway waiting for you to come out. It is. It is. And even the men. Yeah, even the men. A lot of the men. It's like Austin Powers walking down the hall around here sometimes. Yeah. Women want to be with me. Men want to be me. And it ain't because of the salary. Because of this bod. Sexiness. Rockin' bod. (laughs) Tremendous facial hair. One of the things that gets done today on Sports Talk is that radio hosts, they grade drafts. They grade picks. Mason Rudolph's going to get an A. It's that kind of nonsense. That's what they're doing across the street. Oh, I give the Steelers a B-plus for the draft. Well, here's what we're going to do. Because we're better than everyone. (laughs) And we're forward thinkers. We're nuanced. I'm going to grade draft grades, if I could say it. I'm going to grade draft grades. Great. We're going to grade draft grades. So you're taking the grades of the draft. And we're grading those. Wow. The grades, Brian. Not the grades. The oh, grades. Draft grades. grades. We're grading the grades. Grades. I mm-hmm. see. We, we Twittered it up. Want to get started here? Yeah, that's why I pointed at you. Well, let's do it. Mel Kuyper Jr. Is he a junior? Where'd the music go? There's no music. You told me there was going to be music. No, I didn't. I mean, I asked for music. I thought there was you did ask for music. music. Yeah. I mean, what do we got? Get, pull something up in the system. I'll talk until you get music. We can't Tom, just. How about that bad we put in the other day? I mean, give us that one. Uh, just do your homework. Yeah, something. I assign I homework to Tom, and it doesn't get done uh, in your grade. Thusly, is an incomplete. The big old eye on that card. Now, if you bring a good song up here, perhaps I will give you a C. Extra credit. I'll let you pass. C's get degrees. D's get degrees. 
Got some music there, Tom. I mean, what the hell's taking so long? I mean, I'd expect this kind of an aptitude from Alex, but not from you. Yeah. Is it because she worked the draft all weekend? I think Alex might have rubbed off on him a little bit. I think those two worked Whoa, closely. that's not appropriate. Well, I mean, in addition to that, he also made him work poorly. That's true. Yeah. I got, guess we're, Got that music yet, Tom? No, we're just going to progress without the music, I suppose. I mean... How hard is it to get some music? Now we built it up and we got to wait for it. Well, in fact, I'm going to pull up some of my own faster. How about that? I can't, oh, yeah? even, I can't even hear it, but damn it. It's not, even, it's not even good music. No, this is exactly what I was looking for. That's bad. All right, Tom, who you got? First draft That's grade. exactly what he wanted. I'm going to give this music a an F. Screw this The music. first grade, Mel Kuyper gives the Steelers a C+. Plus. I'm going to give his grades an F. <laughs> Mel Kuyper doesn't work in the league. Mel Kuyper's not a general manager. Mel Kuyper thinks his big board's the only big board that matters. He had Terrell Edmonds ranked 77th on his board. He was his 8th-ranked safety. And you know what, Mel? You screwed up. It's not the Steelers who made a mistake. It's you that screwed up. You didn't have him evaluated right. If Kevin Colbert's got him with a first-round grade and you've got him with a fourth-round grade, you screwed up. You're the failure. You're the F. Mel Kuyper's draft grade from Adam Crowley right here on ESPN Pittsburgh, is an F. Let's go to CBS. CBS grades the Steelers draft with an A. That's too much. That's too much. I think they don't have enough gall to be critical. I don't think they have the cachet. I don't think that they have the stones to say that the Steelers really deserved a B+. An A. An A is ludicrous. A B+, a B plus, though, I can get behind. NFL.com. Gives the Steelers a B. Plus. See now that's what I'm plus. talking about. That's the grade, huh? Yeah, you give them a B plus. I'm all about that. That's an A for me. You give the Steelers a B plus. That means you've done your homework. You're okay with the fact that they pick Mason Rudolph with the third pick. You're okay with the fact that they bring Terrell Edmonds in the safety with their first pick, even though some other places had him in the fourth round. They're doing their job. They get an A for the B plus. Our rivals on the Beltway, the Baltimore Breakdown, gives them a B. See, now they wanted to say A. Yes. But they were afraid to say A because they didn't want the backlash. So I'm going to give them an F. Grow a pair, Baltimore Station. Grow a pair. You're a bunch of pansies out there. They're going to give them a B? A B? They wanted to go A. If they went C, they'd be too harsh. So they went B. Yeah, what a bunch of, you know. The Washington Post gives the Steelers a B-. minus. See, now that's just too critical. It's not quite as critical as Kuiper, so I'm guessing what they did is read what Kuiper said right. and then didn't want to go as hard, so they went B-minus. They're going to get a C from me. PennLive.com gives the Steelers a B. Again, there's no inspiration there. Mm. If I'm doing mock draft grades, I'm not giving anyone a B. No one gets a B. Uh, you either get C's, B-pluses, or A's. If you give anyone a B, it just means you don't know enough about it. The Sporting News gives the Steelers an A-minus. That's wanting to be a homer because it was probably Mike DeCourcy. He's from Pittsburgh. He wanted to go full A but couldn't. But talked himself into saying it wasn't quite the B+. Plus. I'll give him a C. Uninspiring. Go for the homerism. I do. Yeah, go for the full A. Yeah. Our last grade, fansided.com, gives the Steelers a B-. minus. I can get behind that. <laughs> Only if fansided does it, though. B- minus means, for me... They get a C+. They're willing to be critical, but they're too afraid to be too critical. 
the minuses and the pluses are pretty much people not not declaring their thought and laying it out there and going, this is what it is. They got to give a minus or a plus, just add a little bit extra to it. Here are my pick-by-pick grades for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you ready, boys? Let's do it. Yep. With their first pick, Terrell Edmonds, I'm going to give it a TBD. (laughs) Their second pick, James Washington, TBD. Wow. I know. Going out there, I know. Mason Rudolph might not play in three years, therefore TBD. Hot takes. Shukwuma Okarak for. Nailed it. I'm going to give him a TBD. Woohoo! Marcus Allen. TBD. Best grade you've given yet. Yeah, that's solid, man. That's good insight. Jalen Samuels. TBD. Wow, man. Most people do not have the balls to go there, but I you know. did, man. Well done. Yeah, for me, I know that this is a hot take. For me, I want to see where this draft class is in three years. And because of that, I wrap it all up with Joshua Frazier, the nose tackle from Bama. F. I mean, what are they thinking with that one? Terrible thing. I mean, that was just ridiculous. Oh, I mean, total reach there. Disaster. Definitely not a TBD. What's Harry thinking about the Steelers draft? Hi, Adam. I've thought about this a lot. I'm going to give the Steelers an 82. I question the bat speed with this class, but hey, years in the matters can really help you sort those things out. Can I talk to you about one of my favorite players in the draft now? Chumbawamba Okafor. I don't know if you knew this, Adam, but he actually had a career before joining the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Hey, you're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down. But I get up again. Hey, you never gonna keep me down. I love this Chumba Wumba guy. Look for him to be the steal of the draft, Adam. 82, huh? <laughs> a solid 82. That's not bad. What is an 82? Is that a B? Is that a, that's a B? Well, C? in Maybe Catholic school, it's an F. He sings yeah. the songs that remind you of the better times. Oh, daddy boy, daddy boy, daddy boy. Hey! Never gonna break me down. I, I get knocked down. Then I get up again. You're never gonna break me down. I get knocked down. Mm. Thanks, man. <laughs> I don't get the hate on the Mason Rudolph pick. I really don't. I don't see where the downside is at any point. I don't get the downside there. There is no downside. Worst case scenario is he turns into Landry Jones. Worst case scenario is that guy is your backup for the next four to eight years. What's bad about that? No, the Steelers reached. Why are the Steelers looking about the future right now? Why don't they look at... Right now, today, and I get that. That's how I felt coming in. But if you've got a first-round grade on a quarterback, on a quarterback, that means you think this guy can be a starter and a very good player in this league. It doesn't matter what position it is. If you've got a first-round player still on the board when you draft in the third round, you take that guy. And let's say Ben Roethlisberger plays four more years. Let's say Ben plays more than we think, and he's tearing it up, and he's playing the best football of his career. I think it's unrealistic, but let's pretend like that's the case. Guess what? You trade his ass like the Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo. You trade his ass like the Bengals tried and failed with A.J. McCarron and then were eventually able to do. It's not that difficult of a circumstance to wrap your head around, and 
the, the fact that some people, particularly at the station across the street, are screaming about this, it just shows that their lack of football knowledge. It's all about the hot take and not at all about what's eminently reasonable. And this pick was more than that. I think it's a slam dunk. Slam dunk that you're going to get value there. Landry Jones leaves after this year because his contract's expired. So you're going to have a cheap backup. If you break Josh Dobbs' arm or he gets a hangnail or something, you say, quote-unquote, you throw him on the practice squad. Next year, you're in the same spot with Rudolph instead of Landry, and you got Dobbs instead of Dobbs. Not a bad position to be in. And if Ben Roethlisberger's leg explodes or his brain falls out, then you play the guy that you drafted to be the heir apparent anyhow. The Steelers didn't have to wait around. Or pardon me, the Steelers didn't have to trade up and try to get the quarterback of the future. The Steelers didn't have to tank a season to be a top 10 pick to get the quarterback of the future. They were able to get a first round draft uh, graded guy in the third round. Enough of the bitching. Skip says, great draft takes and Harry Carey combo. Caleb says, the national sites sure are trashing the Steelers' draft. C's and D's all around. I only got one C. There's C minus from Kuiper, which is why I got an F from me. I get knocked down. I get up again. Ain't nothing going to bring me down. But I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down. But I get up again, you're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down. Hey, but I get up again, you're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down. But I get up again, you're never gonna keep me down.